So, Chase. Yep. Why did the mummy go see the doctor? Uh, because his organs are in canopic jars and they're <laughs> displaced from his body. And he wants to absorb the doctor's flesh and become human again. No, silly. Because he was coffin. Oh. Well, they don't really... Anyways, this episode... <laughs> Welcome once again to an episode of Filmmaker's Cookbook. What is Filmmaker's Cookbook, you might ask? Well, Filmmaker's Cookbook is a podcast where we turn your favorite films into recipes, helping you expand your cinematic diets. The show is hosted by myself, Michelangelo, and as always, my mummified friend, Chase. Me. Hold on to your sarcophagus, folks, because The Mummy is one epic adventure movie that will transport you to ancient Egypt faster than you can say Imhotep. Directed by the one and only Stephen Summers, this film stars Brendan Fraser as the charismatic Rick O'Connell, Rachel Wise as the, the brainy librarian Evelyn Carnahan, Josh Hanna as her hapless brother Jonathan, and Arnold Vosloo as a sinister Imhotep. A little summary for this film. When Rick, Evelyn, and Jonathan accidentally awaken Imhotep from his mummified slumber, they must race against time to stop him from unleashing a curse that would bring about the end of the world. Along the way, they encounter supernatural creatures, undead mummies, and the mysterious Maja tribe who are sworn to protect the world from the Imhotep's wrath. In other words, today we are discussing and creating a dish from the movie The Mummy. The 1999 version. version. Yes, thank you. Where did you get this? On a dig down in Thebes. Jonathan, I think you found something. There is an ancient legend of a place known as the City of the Dead. They call it the doorway to hell. Where the earliest pharaohs were said to have hidden the wealth of Egypt. Are we going into battle? There's something out there. Something underneath that sand. Let's, uh, you know, just jump right into this one. I Sphinx, we have a lot to talk about. Wow. It's going to be uh, carried out throughout the entire episode? No, I think that's kind of all I got. Good. <laughs> Don't worry. It's so very ponderful today. Anyway, so I think th- the reason why we actually were going over this film now is because we just went over the African Queen and we talked about how there are some similarities within the the story arc, the theme of the film in a way of like, or I guess how the story is kind of played out. Actually, and after watching like, this movie, The Mummy Again, you can really see the bare bones of both movies are very similar. The African Queen is rated in the top 20 of AFI's movies and we're kind of taking a sidestep here to look at a more recent example of a movie that was kind of inspired by one of these top 20 films and one that we like because we were divided on how we appreciated the african queen and the mummy we both like i grew up watching this film and yeah brendan fraser the fraser shans freight fraser shans fret however you're supposed to pronounce that it's okay watching this movie again i was kind of worried that i haven't watched it since i was a kid that i was thinking ah man 
the, the African queen was so problematic for me that I was hoping that this film would be not as problematic or it would be okay still. There is still essence. Parts of it were problematic, especially, and I think you even mentioned this in the episode, um, The African Queen, which it definitely doesn't put Arabs in the in a good light or, yeah. or like Eastern European either. Yeah. I mean, it mostly like... Uh, at least for the native Arabic speaking people, Egyptian mostly. I think there are some non Egyptian people. I, and there are like obviously some like made up tribes, like the, the Magi are not a real thing. And like their whole culture is not not real, but it pretty much portrays uh, Arabic people as like oafish, stupid, greedy, gross people, which is not great. It's uh, it's an unfortunate part of the movie, which the the African queen certainly had its moments of doing that as well. But for the African tribes people, and I actually wanted to ask, do you think this type of movie can exist? without that sort of exotic stereotyping that that seems to be a major part of setting the scene for you know an action adventure are you saying could you make this same film but take out all the the stereotypes not necessarily this same film but like a future film you're making a an action adventure film could you make a film that is respectful of the the setting and the people that live in that setting and the cultures that created that setting and still have it be like a high adventure action movie with lots of fun and crazy set pieces and stunts. I think you can. And I think mainly because all the fun parts of this film were not those scenes that were making fun of different cultures. Like the action adventure, the swashbuckling characters, the the witty comments. Those were all the fun parts, right? And the, the just the action and stuff were also fun to watch. Some great visual effects for that time and some fun stunts and different things. A lot of like cool things going on there that weren't necessarily disrespectful to during certain nations i will say that to their credit they do make fun of americans a lot which is you know except for the fact that the main character or one of the leads is american yeah 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 the thing is this egyptian like the mummy movie i think is kind of hard to do not problematic because the whole thing is oh we're you know european we're american you know we're gonna go into egypt and we're gonna destroy this temple to get rich kind of thing is the whole like kind of premise of the movie right yeah. even even the librarian the the like nice lady is pretty much kind of more or less doing the same thing even though her ambitions are a little bit less more academic <laughs> yeah but it's still like oh i'm still gonna go in here and like practically you know claim this place as as mine and like get the stuff i want out of here for academic purposes but still it, you know it kind of has that like negative feeling even watching it now yeah especially I, I as i'm older i agree but, I mean, with you i think you can make a a quality film without having this like weird exoticization of non-american foreign culture i actually think weirdly a great example of this is a movie like National Treasure, which is also another like action adventure movie. And obviously it's talking about American culture, but what they do so well in that movie is they make the kind of exploration of this culture a reverent one where they it's all very fascinating and interesting and it's sort of vaguely nationalistic. But like I think you could do something like that with a movie like The Mummy and cast it with a better cast of people than like say like not that this movie, but the most recent version of The Mummy with uh, Tom Cruise 
was really poorly cast, for instance, where it was still had the same problem of all of these like people coming in to like raid Egyptian culture for the benefit of like, I, I think it was a British museum in the Tom Cruise movie. But regardless, you know, I actually didn't even watch it because I was so against it was really bad. Brandon Fraser was not in it. But I think that this movie played really well, like this these elements of surprising horror thriller moments, but then fun, wistful action comedy scenes as well. And I think that is a really beautiful balance for this movie. And I think especially the character that Brandon Fraser plays, it's like the the newer Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's an Indiana Jones cowboy character, but I think it's also directly, I think you can very clearly see the direct inspirations to a character like Humphrey Bogart's character in The African Queen, where he's Mm -hmm. this kind of gruff, world-weary character who is a bit jaded and has a heart of gold, but doesn't necessarily want to be vulnerable when you first meet him. And so he has to go through this transformation over the course of the film, mostly brought on because of a female character who brings out the kind of the nice parts of him and she like civilizes him a bit. It's actually... You know what's very funny about this? Mm -hmm. It's actually Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) In a way, yeah. Actually, in some research I did, I saw that what they originally had planned for the opening scene of the film was that O'Connell was going to be a character who was robbing a train. Oh. And that's kind of how he ends up in jail. Cool. That kind of changes his character a lot from a character who was not as bad. Him as a train robber at the beginning would definitely put him as like a real evil character. What do you think? think of how what the change that they did and it makes him less noble i suppose although i don't know i like the trope of the noble criminal like the honorable criminal the robin hood trope yeah so they could have easily spun that like oh he's robbing stuff but he's doing it to like feed local children or something you know Mm. there's tons of ways they could spin that and without ruining his character because he is he's he's a treasure hunter at the end of the day you know he's not not really a noble character in in his occupation he's a noble character because he's honorable and kind when he needs to be kind and he defends what he believes in which are all generally speaking good things (laughs) yeah 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 as opposed to the other character whatever his his uh benny benny character the european friend of his yeah true, is he european true. i never know i've never known what he is supposed to be i thought he was i don't know i because he, he literally has like no real cultural signifiers he's just kind of this weird conglomeration of like a trickster character from lots of different cultures he even has that great scene where he's like going through all the different religions <laughs> trying to like protect himself from the mummy (laughs) from Imhotep. Yeah. But actually going back for a second, speaking of the scene where he gets, when he's in jail and he gets hung, the O'Connor's character. Yeah. yeah. You know, actually that Brendan Fraser almost died in filming that scene because (sighs) they actually accidentally hanged him for real and he lost consciousness and almost died. I I think I have heard that before, but I forgot about it. And that is crazy. Set safety, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the 90s. Terrifying. Could yeah. you imagine if he had died? Like, we would never have the mummy and we wouldn't have Brendan Fraser today. What a the loss. The only thing we would have him to remember is George of the Jungle. I, I mostly, <laughs> as a kid, remember him from George of the Jungle and, and the mummy. It was the 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 two films I pretty much watched from him. I think those are his biggest movies. But I think also I'm I'm sure that my parents wouldn't really want to show me his more stoner flicks. Probably. Yeah, 
Probably not. Anyways, so I guess going into it, I think this movie is has the same story beats, I think, as African Queen, which I already mentioned. It is less serious. It's more comical and just random at times. But I think it's just like such a fun story that's filled with so many interesting things. And like I said before, it has like this nice balance of horror and comedy and romance even and like a nice character who you want to follow and, and enjoy hanging out with. This makes me... This conversation we're having right now, I really want to see Jordan Peele make an action-adventure movie like this. Because he does that thing really well, too, where he's able to, like, create scenes that could either go between horror and comedy. And then you never know which one you're going to get. Uh, and so you're entertained in your grip. Because, like, that's what this movie really, upon rewatch for this episode, every scene is set up in the most entertaining way possible. Like, it's not a deep there's nothing deep or emotionally intelligent about this movie. It is just pure entertainment. Like even uh, I think one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is when we first meet Evelyn uh, Carnahan uh, in the library and she's putting, she's trying to put the book away. And that, that one little, little scene has such a great beginning, middle and end. It starts with her Mm -hmm. on top of the ladder, trying to put a book away. And then there's just, there's one book that's in the wrong, wrong place. And you get so much character information about her you know, she's smart, but also a little bit like pampered and preppy and doesn't always think everything through. And then you get the the little button of the joke where she's, you know, she's trying to reach for the book and she ends up in this standing just on the ladder, on the two feet of the ladder about to fall over and then she destroys the entire library, knocking over all the books. And now she has to put all the books away. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, and, it's and perfect. All the bookshelves are perfectly set up in a way that as one falls, it knocks over every single other bookshelf in the entire library. Mm-hmm. It's just so clever and perfect and hilarious and also full of tension and gives you so much character information because from that moment on, you know exactly who she is. And then a moment later, you get the great scene with the brother and he gets introduced, you know, playing around with the mummy body. <laughs> Not the main mummy, not Imhotep, but like a random mummy body using it to just like pull a little prank on his sister. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, even even how I mean, I guess the introduction of all the main characters going into like o- O'Connell's character as well, like or I guess his introduction to the other characters, the brother and sister at the jail cell is kind of also a really classic <laughs> scene as well. Anyways, I feel like I, I kind of want to jump into uh, food if you don't mind. Let's do like, it. Like flavors. So going into flavors for this film, so just really quickly, I want to just go over our flavor profile um, definition calculator over here. We're going to break down this movie from what we talked about into these flavors and these emotions. So we got these emotions here, surprise, happy, sad, fear, disgust, and anger. And we're going to, those translate to surprise is spicy, happy is sweet, sad is salty, fear is bitter, Disgust is sour and anger is umami. So from this film, I think there are definitely a little bit of everything. I think disgust is the least one in here, but I think it's more disgustful to watch rather than the story itself and the feelings you have from the movie uh, in general are not disgusting. Yeah, there's some body horror, especially around Imhotep's character. 
That's true. But I feel like that's more fear though, right? Yeah, but I think it's also it's disgusting to see his decaying flesh. I guess so. <laughs> like that that's where most of the disgust comes for me. That was intentional with the film. I think it, there are some disgusting depictions of like Egyptian people in this, but yeah, the movie isn't true. trying to, de- to portray that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think I think surprise and fear are probably the two biggest flavors for me. Uh huh. Which is kind of makes sense. It's the action and the horror of this film, and then I think there's a a nice undercurrent of happy, and also a little undercurrent of sadness because like I, I think all of these characters have kind of a sad backstory. But it's not super like emotionally sad. It's just uh, a moment of sadness to like set up the character to give them some depth but mostly these characters are all pretty happy i think and it ends happy yeah definitely there's I, the thing is though i think it does have a a good mix of all these maybe anger the least i would say yeah possibly. I, I it doesn't feel like it has a strong anger component to it i think there are like there are scenes where the characters are angry true but true. the the story itself is not particularly angry about anything like it's not like it's not really talking about anything <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah there's not it's a like lot a, of substance it's a fun comic kind of light-hearted hollywood action film not like it's not trying to tell you about its opinions on anything or or you know you're not like upset about anything at the end of the day after watching the film right though there are elements of surprise especially it goes into that like horror that bitter disgust kind of that sorry that fear disgust as well i don't know like what do you think is the the main flavors of this film like or do you want to break down the flavors in terms of like primary and secondary or tertiary in terms of the ranking of these flavors because i feel like it, this movie does have a lot of these flavors within it i think to me the maybe 30 and 30 percent surprise and fear so like 60 percent are just those two flavors and then there's like whatever is left over there's elements of the other flavors all mixed in depending on the scene Ooh, interesting i that just gave me such a wonderful idea for a dish interesting okay should i just pitch it now yes Okay, loaded nachos. Okay. Right? Because you get the saltiness from the chips, but then you get the sour, possibly from like sour cream. It's just like loaded with a lot of cheese and different and jalapenos and different things. You have that spicy, that happy, that sweetness, that salty, that bitter, that sour, all just mixed around. But it has that like playful, shareable kind of feeling to it where you just want to all get around with everyone and watch this film and you want to just like jump into the nachos and you know there's like elements that are bad just like in nachos right there's always like that that one chip that just has nothing on it and there's that one person that grabs the chip that has everything on it and you're just like come on now really you know it has that feeling of it too but it just like you know it's not too serious but it's still fun and shareable i I like that actually it feels right i I think the, the kind of dish that I, I landed on was a like something with like spicy Egyptian flavors and then like lamb because mm-hmm. that's yeah, like a very actually, Middle Eastern like dish. Mm-hmm. Would, or, yeah, sorry. I, I was going to say initially what I was going to pitch for this was actually like Egyptian tagine. Interesting. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Like Egyptian style tagine. You know, it's like it's built, it's made in that like clay pot which kind of mm-hmm. represents possibly like a, a mummy's the tomb of a where a mummy would lay in a way you know but it has like you know it one it's like 
plays on that Egyptian kind of North African dish. But at the same time, you have a lot of those, you know, spicy, sweet. There's like some onion possibly in it and some different spices that go into it. Again, like uh, turmeric or ginger, or coriander, or cumin, paprika that are kind of really add some like deeper flavors to it, especially some of those are going to add some spice and different things as well to it, right? But then you also have some sweeter elements and some like onions or, or carrots or something like that, like or potatoes possibly, uh, you know, depending on what you put into it. But then you have maybe like a different you know, element of like some okra or something like that. It has like a bitterness kind of to it that adds like a thickening element of uh, to this dish. Oh, those are the other dish I was thinking of initially pitching to you. But I feel like also that it just feels too... Fan- not fancy, but like I think this movie is just so crazy and like off the walls that I just almost didn't feel, I don't know, what do you think yeah I, I sort of agree with you but i actually think what we could do is kind of find like a middle ground here and like make a like a pita nachos flavored with these like middle eastern north african flavors with interesting with lamb lamb okay, i do like I, I do like lamb i think we definitely can have like interesting okay like a, a north african style themed nachos yes or, so kind of somewhat like a pita chip-esque nacho dish in a way i can kind of see that i, I like that idea i like that visual too because it is like a cluster of random things happening but it also like it's it's pretty satisfying by the end yeah i mean who doesn't love nachos yeah right this isn't like a you know a healthy in a way dish for you it's more of just like a a weekend hey it's let's celebrate let's go order pizzas out kind of thing like um it's pure entertainment and this is like pure pure fun food i guess yeah exactly you know like it's a it's a dish that you won't just on a weekday night or even like on a special occasion go out and be like oh one order of the nachos please you you might but depending on i guess who you are but i think in a normal i guess diet you wouldn't necessarily be going out to eat nachos or eat not make nachos at home, right? Like you, it's not like a fine dining kind of more diet conscious dish. It is a fun dish to kind of gather around and enjoy, right? And I think that's what this movie is. I love the idea that we're combining here of a North African, Middle Eastern styled nachos with like pita chips and lamb and different more localized or local ingredients i guess instead of more spanish versions of it exactly i think it is very cool mm, i love hummus too hummus is great but that's more that's the more middle eastern mediterranean i think right yeah but this is kind of a a mishmash of all those different ideas too i guess so yeah you're right but cool i guess we kind of got there what should we quickly, call it I think. um Maybe like cursed nachos or the nachos tombs. Like I kind of like the visual of like you. Have, it's like in like a puzzle box, and you have to open it to get to the nachos. So maybe it's like a hidden hidden treasure. It's like Imhotep's hidden treasure, pita nachos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the wealth of yeah. the pharaohs. Nachos. Pharaoh's nachos or the mummy's nachos. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love the idea of also like the plate itself being decorated and. Maybe like uh, little plastic beetles or hieroglyphics or something like that, Uh you know? I love it. Sounds fun. 
I think this is um, possibly one of my favorite dishes we've ever made. It's 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 warranted for such a classic movie for us, I guess. I agree. We go all out for the for the movies we like, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense though. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> Anyways, that's what we have for you guys today. I hope you enjoy and I hope you, you know, maybe go out and eat some nachos or or make some nachos and watch the mummy again. But yeah, that's that's what we got for you today. The the mummy nachos is the tentative name we got for, but you know, a, a nacho dish that has pita bread, some lamb, some other uh, local ingredients that kind of pull out this spicy, happy, sweet, bitter elements, salty elements of this dish that really represent this film, The Mummy. Awesome. If you enjoyed if you enjoyed us, give us a review and also follow us and comment what you thought about this dish or what dish you think it should be on Instagram or Twitter at Film Cookbook. And as always, that will be a wrap on this one. We'll see you in two weeks. And also, I would like to say that a wrap on this one works in three levels, this one, because it's a wrap, like a food wrap. It's a wrap in like film terms. But also, a mummy gets wrapped too. So a, we're on three levels of, of wrap this of this this week wonderful (laughs) nice all right well everyone we'll see you on the next time the next episode of filmmakers cookbook adios bye why would you use adios i don't know i was trying to think of a better one but it has nothing to do with egyptian culture just like this movie exactly (laughs) exactly